in the middle of an ongoing war. We'd love to have the big guys join the fight. Wow, that was corny when I said it out loud. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Are you seriously? It's showtime. It's one of my favorite subjects here on Mad About Movies. It never fails to create oh, a little bit of fireworks during uh, some Transformers talk. So here we are, once again, to talk Transformers. This time, it's the rise of the dawn, of the fallen, of the dark side, of the bumblebee. I can't wait to talk about it with you two, Brian and Richard. I'm Kent, and welcome back in to the main feed of Mad About Movies. We got a really fun time coming on the VIP feed this week. Let me preview that. Last action hero, because we are talking all-time flops this year in the VIP. Last action hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Big summertime movie, big summertime movie star. Not a lot of success with that one. And spoiler alert for that episode, it's a really bad movie. So get excited for that episode. VIPs dropping this week there. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. All right. Guys, Transformers time again. When was the last time, Brian, we talked Transformers? Did we do a Bumblebee episode? I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure we did a Bumblebee episode in 2018. Was that movie? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That was the one where the robot just had that invisible friend for half the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, invisible nemesis, I think, right? That's true, yeah. Yeah. It was hard to tell because it was invisible. The floating, it was just a floating pair of sunglasses. Kind of a guess, yeah. really. Yeah. It's hard to put context. To Side note, that. what if they actually cast John Cena as the Invisible Man in a movie? <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be the most amazing. Good bit. They could bring self-aware. back the um, Universal Monsterverse. So Bumblebee was 2018. It feels like so much longer ago than that to me since we've we've done these. What sticks out the most was... Texas inventor Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> noted Texas. In, noted inventor Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> True, yeah. Fair point. I mean, when you see him, you think, I mean, he's got Einstein level yeah. intellect. That guy should be on Shark Tank, is what I always think every, yeah. every time I see him. Well, honestly, probably should. I could think of one investor that's probably going to pick up whatever he does. <laughs> that's true. How how angry was Cuban that he didn't invest in Wahlburgers? So I was like, dang! Got a Dude, reality show sick. and everything? Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of the woods in New Mexico right now, and there's a Wahlburgers like six minutes from me. How weird is that? I haven't been yet. Well, uh, Mark Mark is a Dallas guy now, I think, by the way. Wahlberg. He's a for real Texas inventor. I think he's got a place in the Big D now. Does he really? So I've heard, yeah. He was a... He was one of the, uh, he was a violator of my rule about if you have the money to have a home basketball gym, it has to be at least a full half court gym. You oh, cannot have yeah. the wall on the corner thing. It drives me crazy. He has, he has a just for feet court. Yep. I hated it. Mm. it. Made me very angry. You have so much money, dude. Just well, that, yeah, that house he was selling with that in it was like yeah. seventy five million yeah, dollars yeah. or something, you, right? You, you can you can afford the extra six feet for the gym. That's <laughs> now you. I think he's been semi kind of canceled. Uh, he's had a lot of things. He's I mean, had a lot of things. Like I think people are finally starting to be a, like, "Wait, one real maybe big we should." Thing in his past, uh, right? Yeah, the, we don't need to go over it here on the yeah. show. Google that if you want to, listener. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe we're starting to go back, you know, pre Boogie Nights days and be like, "Who was this guy?" And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're still keeping this thing going, fellas. Transformers. I remember 2007 going to the theater to see the first one and being actually really surprised. Loved it. Saw it multiple times, I think, that summer. So was super excited for the second one. Which one was it? Rise of the Fallen? Revenge of the Fallen. Sorry. Gosh, I'm such an idiot. 
<laughs> How dare you? Up with. Yeah. Just let's start the whole podcast over. Can we yeah. just start from the beginning? All right. Three, two. <laughs> <laughs> that one, though, yeah, I was very excited for it. And it was just, I remember going actually to the like premiere party for that or something. We were recording out there and, the, and it was like around the corner from the studio. Mm. But Lincoln Park was playing like out yeah. in the parking a parking lot of it. Say you were pretty close with Mike Shinoda. So that's and I remember yeah. going to the after party thing, and Michael Bay was standing there, and he had you know a group of people around him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like a normal human, I assume. No, like he, like I thought he was going to be like super happy. This because this was after the movie, right? It's like they do the red carpet. They actually watch the movie, right? And then they had this big after party with. You know, media, people, fans, whatever. And so that's the thing we were at. And I remember the look on his face was just like staring into space, you know, like that long stare. I don't know. You could just tell like the the movie wasn't great or something. I just couldn't believe the look on his face. He was like, this guy just saw the sequel to Transformers. And he, why isn't he more? I just remember thinking, why isn't this guy more excited? Because I was so excited for that sequel. And then I saw that sequel, and I was like, okay, I I, I realized why he wasn't so yeah. happy and excited, because this thing was a piece of crap. It was probably a ton of work. He knew it was going to make money. He's going to have to do another one. That was his life for that time. And these things have made money up until pretty much the last one, Revenge of the uh, Texas Inventor. And... Then Bumblebee came out. Everybody really liked that one. Critics actually liked that one. It seemed like, okay, this needs some kind of reboot, but um, we don't know what that is. They give they give us Bumblebee. Everyone's like, okay, maybe this is the this is the reboot that we've needed. That this that Transformers has needed because you know we liked it before. Can we like it again? And then they do this, guys. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, general thoughts. This should be so fun, and it's just not. <laughs> so that's kind of where I fall on it. This isn't has not been rebooted, reset from Michael Bay's original. I know he's a producer on this, and it's still kind of that thing. But like, let's move away from that. <laughs> Is there no put put out a call in Hollywood, Hasbro, Paramount, Batman, Shane? Put out a call and be like, directors, producers. If you have a fresh take on Transformers, I want to hear it. And give me the most different, interesting take on this that there is. Because I'm sure there is one. (laughs) Stephen Capel Jr., I understand they've signed him up for more. This has like 19 screenwriters on it. I just don't see how this like, quote unquote, vision is any kind of vision that motivates people. He's not doing the next one, right? Because it was a tighter turnaround. Some other guy. Josh Cooley from Toy Story 4 is doing the next Transformers, which is a year away. Jeez, a, same writers, though. Same quick turnaround. Uh, yeah. So I really honestly think this has potential to be a, a fun franchise, but it's just not, in my opinion. It, this movie was so boring. It doesn't make an ounce of sense in, yeah, in any way. And yeah, I think it's just so derivative of mainstream Hollywood blockbusters now. Yeah, I think this thing, I don't know if they they probably thought it underperformed. $60 million, I would say, is an underperformance for uh, a franchise that, you know, has raked in a billion plus in um, the past. So certainly, okay, it's, it's higher than Bumblebee, which was 2018, 20 million opening for that one yeah that, that was, was a christmas that yeah. was christmas uh weekend so it's probably heavy competition bumblebee ended up making half a billion at the end of the day this one will probably make around that if not a little more but i don't see this one making a billion dollars maybe it does the last one that did was 2014 so we're now a decade since then i think this could use some kind of hard reset but brian i'll pass it to you on background and where you stand on Transformers in 2023. Yeah, I mean, the good news is um, 
it's a lot better than I think all of the the Transformers sequels, like the the Michael Bay proper Transformers sequels. The 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 bad news mm-hmm. of that is that those are some of the worst movies ever. So right, it is it's not really the standard that we are necessarily going for. I think the worst news for this thing is that this was supposed to be the reset kit. This was supposed to be the movie that um, was gonna tr- was gonna kind of uh, take us away from the from the Bay Transformers movies and um, let us get to a place where the Transformers movies can be a little more fun, a little more well put together, more thought out, all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't think that that worked super. It's the exact same production design as the original ones. Peter Cullen still Optimus Prime. I know that's probably he probably should be, right? But Michael Bay is still an executive producer. Like it's got some different people in it, but that's because it's in 1994 and it's a prequel kind of thing. I, it's the same exact universe. I I want Transformers in in a different. I want to go from like what X Men did. Or first time around to what first class did. Like, give me a different universe of Transformers. Give me a different, a different take on this. Right? Maybe it's yeah. animated. I don't know. That would be that would be something. I, I don't think that this is a terrible, terrible movie. But it it was it's one of the more disappointing movies of the year for me because I felt like I really liked Bumblebee a lot. I thought that was, I thought that was the right vibe. I thought it had the right mix of action comedy. It had, uh, I mean, Haley Steinfeld's kind of a star, so. That helped a little bit, but like there seemed like a purpose behind that movie beyond just it's gonna make a billion dollars, and and that I think had been missing since the first Transformers or the first you know Coop's really into Transformers right now. I was never a Transformers kid, um, so these movies don't have any real nostalgia pull for me. Um, when he, but he, he'll get into a kick where he wants to watch these movies. So we, we rewatched maybe the first three, I don't know, a few months ago. And that first one annoys me because there's like, it, it's a, I don't know, it's a B or a B plus movie. And it really feels like it could be much better than that with, with a, a capable director and a screenplay that mattered, like even in the slightest, you know? And in even still knowing like, gosh, this is as good as it's going to get is so rough. Um, so yeah. yeah, like I don't have any nostalgia for these, but I'm totally happy to, I enjoyed watching the first one for the first time. Um, and I'm fine with it when Coop wants to watch one, wants to watch that first movie. This is just another one in the line of these movies that it feels like, guys, what, what was, what are we doing? What are we doing in the writer's room when we're putting this thing together? It, it, there's no, I, again, it feels like there's no identity. It feels like they, um, don't know what the audience is looking for when, when they go to see these movies. And it, and it just, it becomes, this one especially just becomes just sort of half assed. And I, I don't know. I, it's not like I'm expecting this to be like Sorkin or something, you know. It's just, just very basic, decent would be would make the, the action stuff work well, right? Like we could we could get by with, with a C plus script, right? We could probably and and B to B plus actors and talent. We could we could get by with. We, it could be a fun time at the movies and, uh, wasn't. It wasn't super that for me. So I liked the first 30 minutes fine. I liked the last 30 minutes fine. The hour in between legitimately almost fell asleep at one point. Yeah, so and, boring. And it was so brutal. much talking. and It was brutal, yeah. Oh, family drama or whatever. Just, we don't care. This is Rise of the Beasts. Richard, where do you stand on Transformers? So it was not a Transformers kid as well at all. I remember being very like, seeing that first one and being like, Oh, that was a really fun, not being excited for it. Buddy kind of drugged me to it and then enjoying it a lot. Some of that was to do with Megan Fox, but not all of it. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> and then didn't care for any of the sequels at all. Like you guys. So I went and saw this today and re- remember going to see Bumblebee, but remember nothing about it. Cause it's been six years or five years or whatever. And was so confused. It's like, I don't even know if this was good or bad because I had no idea what was going on half the time. It was like, I felt like I had not done the homework. 
Then I was like, maybe I didn't see Bumblebee. Maybe I sat that episode out. I was like, I'm going to have to go through my like credit card statements from like <laughs> 2018 to see if I see. Movie like, pass you know receipt. I mean? Right, exactly. Like, I was like, but then I read, like, when I was done, I read the Wikipedia and I was like, no, I saw this. But it was like, I don't know why. My brain just rinsed it out. And mm. so I, I, and I wish it would rinse this one out too. So like I've, not that it's, you know, um, the most, comp- not that it's tenant, but I just was so, I felt like I missed like one of those, like, you know, those 10 minute IMAX teasers or something. <laughs> uh, there was like mythology I was, I was missing. Yeah. And then it would be, I have that feeling like, oh, I'm the idiot here. And then, cause I don't follow the property or whatever. And then it'd be the, the dumbest, like Pete Davidson, 10 minutes ever. So it was weird. I don't know. It felt very, it, was, it felt like it was written by seven people and in fact was so Mm -hmm. um yeah these are like really cynical blockbuster things they they just are giant robots hitting each other with weird mythology and that they know that they'll make a certain amount of money go with god paramount but uh to your point ken it feels so bayish but without even any 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 of his verve it's like paint by numbers michael bay yeah and and just going I'm, I'm, am I getting too old? That was like my main thing. I, am I not following this? Am I the old guy watching Star Wars now or something? I don't know. But, uh, the answer, of yeah. course, is yes. But yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously these are a means to an end to sell toys, right? These are produced by Hasbro. The main reason these come out is so they can launch the next Transformers toy line. Brian, your son is super into these probably for that very reason, right? They resonate with the, uh, you know, young, young boys and, you know, preteen middle school kids really well. And these certainly have a wide appeal and I feel like they can be so much more fun. And that is a disappointment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because where was the Lincoln Park in this one? I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) So I'm very confused because... There are so many fun scenes in in the original Transformers film about how these things transform, right? <laughs> this thing is this is called Transformers. I don't know. Did the did the Decepticons come down and see a gorilla and then transform into that? Were they always gorillas? I don't know. I don't care. It's a, it makes very little sense to me why they chose like a scorpion to be of all things. I you know. It is what it is, to the point of this being a Hasbro thing. They all get in a boardroom. Okay, everyone, time to think of another Transformers movie. What can we do this time? Well, let's look at uh, the Hasbro IP. We've got, uh, let's see here. Oh, we've got uh, Inspector Gadget. Nope, can't uh, can't cross that over. We've got Beast Wars. Could we make, oh, we can make, make that work. Yeah, that sounds good. What about G.I. Joe? <gasps> Oh, maybe, oh, maybe, oh, oh. So it's one of those things. Is this supposed to feel authentic? Because this, to me, like I said, talk about derivative blockbusters. I don't know if you can get more of like a derivative than this in mm. terms of the inspiration of the story. Yeah. I just can't, I just can't, I can't fathom somebody being like, guys, I'm just so convicted. <laughs> yeah. Right. I am so convicted with this right. key that's left in 1994 that I can't sleep and I have got to show this vision has yeah. to get out there. You know, like I'm saying, <laughs> I think, I, I think that really gets at the core of why these suck. Um, because and we, we're so, I feel like we're seeing this with more and more movies now because every movie is part of a cinematic franchise, um, or a universe or whatever. Used to say about Fast Fast and Furious movies, and I don't anymore. I think they've lost over the last couple. But used to say they have a, they they have an identity. They know their identity. They know the identity of their audience, and they they really stick to those things. And I love that about about those like five through eight maybe of the Fast movies. Over the last couple, the thing one of my big complaints about Fast X and somewhat about Fast Nine was that it's getting too much into to the mythology of these characters and there's not a mythology that matters. So, and I feel like that's what we're seeing with more and more of these franchise uh, type movies is they are so obsessed with self mythologizing uh, every, every part of the, the plot and the script 
possibly in part because they've covered all the ground that they can cover with the action and the, you know, the whatever. That's why I thought this one, that's why this one feels more like a missed opportunity than some of the others is because it is an opportunity to reset in the fifth Bay transformer movie. If you guys remember this, they literally got to a place where the transformers were responsible for the sword and the stone. Like they're literally mm-hmm. were there. Remember drunk Merlin is in the fifth movie and no one, no one is asking for this. No one, no one wants this. And I I thought that with this movie, there's a real opportunity to, to kind of do away with all that stuff. Not that I'm dying for an origin story, but in this case, sort of an origin story would have been a much more, I think, a fruitful endeavor to to get into. And instead, it turns into this movie's version of the All Spark, you know. And maybe somebody who's like a hardcore Transformers nerd is like, yeah, I, I really love the mythology of it. I don't think that is ninety five percent of the audience. I think for the most part, if you could just have fun action scenes. I think you're right, Kent, that they, they, I would like to see a production design. I don't even know a redo, but just like a slight reset to where it doesn't look, they don't look the exact same as they have. I just pulled the up the file from 20 years from 2007. Yeah. And they give it a new little texture on this yeah. one. And it's kind just of the same, do, it's the same do, exact. Do if Shia LaBeouf popped right. up in this, it would, it would not yeah, be weird. Exactly. And I want it to feel weird. Right, if Shia LaBeouf right. pops up, and do, you know. do a slightly different, do a slightly different version of it. Make the the story a little like bring in the 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 gorillas. The what do we call the beasts? Uh, that's fine. I think that's a good idea, generally speaking. But they didn't. Again, going back to the well of this like big thing that's a, the the mythology of the Transformers. I just don't think anyone really cares about that. And I wish that you would spend some time instead. Crafting a script that's that's fun. This is not a fun script, and maybe casting a couple of actors that are not so dull. On does on this screen. thing need um, a big name actor? I don't does think this it does. Need I just a, think it needs, it needs a couple of actors that are engaging and and charismatic. And I I, I don't know if Anthony Ramos is that, but I, I really don't. I really don't think it's Dominic. F- I mean. Maybe look in in her defense, like this is a terrible script, especially for her character. But uh, what is she doing to elevate that? I I would say very very little, and I would say that's not far off the same thing from for for Anthony Ramos. It's just I don't think you need a big. I don't think you need to cast Brad Pitt or whatever in in these movies. I just think you need to spend some time on the script and get a. I think that's part of why Bumblebee worked is because it was relatively self-contained. And it, and it was felt like, fun. okay. And Haley Steinfeld is charismatic. And right. All of these things. And, and they did, they, it felt like they learned none of the lessons that you should take away from Bumblebee. And it felt like, okay, let's, how can we reset this? Let's isolate the story on one major character and kind of do like a more of a self-contained story. Uh, with a really charismatic uh, female lead and a big name that could probably lead this on his own in kind of a, a supporting role. I think that was a really smart, smart choice. And, and to go away from that because it didn't make as much as they wanted to, I guess that's why they went away from it. Guess, why did they? I guess. I, I don't know. I, I just... I- no, 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 not a, that's a kind of a classic Hollywood. Uh, you learned all the wrong lessons, kind of thing. And it's right, just kind of. It's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it seemed like they had the reset we wanted figured out, and uh, it seemed like they reverted back to honestly a style of cinema that I feel like is outdated at this point. I feel like we can do more interesting things. And this series peaked really early for us to go from that sequence in transformers with the helicopter landing on the military base and transforming and taking everybody out. I remember I like being blown away by that when I saw it, I was like, what is, this is going to be awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's nothing as cool as that in this entire freaking series since that one scene. And 
it seemed like they had some great ideas right out the gate for some cool sequences, and they just haven't been able to come up with anything compelling. There's kind of a fun sequence where they're kind of run, rolling down the mountain in this one. Mm. That was semi-fun. But they've they've learned all the wrong lessons. We we don't need racial stereotype transformers. I'm tired of that being being a thing. That is literally plaguing this franchise from the jump. Like, come on, please stop doing this. <laughs> that has to be. Uh, gotta have a taco truck transformer, guys. Whatever it was, I don't know. That was bad. Stop. You're right, Brian. This is not the worst of the series. This is probably the best sequel. Which one of uh, them was it? Was it Age of Extinction or The Last Night where they like run over the Bud Light truck and it's just like it turns into a Bud Light commercial for like 20 Gosh, seconds? I don't know. I don't remember, but... There was one of them that was like, honestly, I don't know. Every minute there was some kind of product placement. Yeah. It was like, remember, it was like, what about this Beats pill? Could you transform into that? It was like ridiculous. <sighs> it's... It- but that, but again, that just makes me feel like, gosh, why do we, why did we do this? Like, why? What was the point of this sort of? Uh, I don't know if you'd say a hard reset, but 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 halfway reset. If we're just gonna go back to the well of what I guess worked financially, but certainly did not work creatively, and 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 really, honestly, financially, that's part of why we're doing this. It's why we're having to do a reset because. Last night made six hundred million dollars, whereas the one before that had made uh, over a billion dollars. You know, and at a certain point, the audience is caught up to all right. These are freaking terrible, and they stopped going to see them. Not at least in the numbers that they had previously, and that's why we have a long break between these mo- those movies and this movie. And we're doing the research. Like, let's do. Can we please just do it right? Can we please try to do something that is broad and reaches mass audiences and does well in China and all these things, but just is like above the level of competence. Like, can we just be competent? That's all. I think that's all I'm asking for. Let's do, do your part, ma'am fam. When the family is like, Hey, father's day, what should we go see? Do your part. And and maybe you've seen across the spider verse, but go see it again, right? Go see Mm. things that you want more of at least in the style of things you want more of, right? Support the storytelling that you want more of and don't support the stuff you want less of. I I think, you know, if there's any kind of revolt on this financially, I think that's enough for them to reset it, right? But Mm -hmm. there's not gonna be, if this thing bounces back and makes more than Bumblebee, sign them up for two more at least, right? Three more. So we need to do our part and spread the word of, Hey, there's there's other stuff. There's better stuff out here. Guardians is still out, right? I mean, Pixar's releasing a movie this weekend. I think there's there's gonna be a better, you know, something better to support than than Transformers when it's all said and done. So um, I don't blame anyone for you know got to take the kid out to see a movie type thing. Right, but right, I I mean we got to put a fo- our foot down somewhere, <laughs> you know, fellas. <laughs> And this might be the You're line. You're saying this me. is it. This is where yes, we got to draw the line. This might be the line. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for cliches, right? You know, they can be fun. We talk about them on the show. The file scenes, over shirts. A lot of over shirts in this one, by the way. Did not count them. Probably should have. But I, I found another cliche that we've never talked about on the podcast before, Felvis. Very excited about it. It's called chaotic breakfast <laughs> <laughs> also the name of our prog rock band yeah, that that's, a great, started. that's a great band name man yeah i'm, I'm in let's start learning guitar Just, right now yeah. we need to intro these characters oh we need to show them having breakfast the mom is super stressed <laughs> always, yeah. you know pancake batters flying around <laughs> and then barely, it's always like you don't have to papers make papers everywhere breakfast. you'd be less stressed if you didn't Start your day with a two and a half hour cooking <laughs> routine. That's a running a, joke with my wife and I because of the OC. If you ever watch the OC, yeah, every freaking episode starts with Sandy Cohen just got done surfing for two hours and then I guess came in and and spent three hours making breakfast. I mean, the spread yeah. in that in the Cohen household is unbelievable. Every could, morning, a lot of people don't know. As a lawyer, Sandy uh, he works uh, one p.m. to <laughs> nine. 
Yeah. It takes two hours to clean the kitchen after breakfast. I want to say, yeah, these, these are not accurate family <laughs> breakfast depictions. We need a yelling at the kid and, and nuking a, a sausage biscuit scene in a, in a movie. Yeah. That's, that's a little more. Yeah. Get <laughs> your powdered too. donuts out of the bag, dude. Like, exactly. But chaotic breakfast did not realize that was a, a cliche until this movie. I was like, gosh, I have seen this <laughs> so many times before that it all came, I don't know, straight into focus during that moment in, in Rise of the Beasts. We had it in so this we, week's throwback episode too, so that was nice. Oh, very chaotic breakfast <laughs> in, in last, uh, last Action Hero. Action Hero yeah. So this art forgery expert, I'm not even going to go there with how i don't know how many things there i could call out i'm not going to why did the clue look exactly like the maltese falcon are they trying to like say <laughs> say something with these comment on film history in some way duh man these are a love letter to cinema <laughs> kent this is a film yeah this is a shot picture. shot on a uh, sd card no, I mean, look, before you before you go further on these things, like I think that I think that we try pretty hard not to nitpick. I know that's something that I I'm I'm not coming out trying to nitpick at every every little flaw because every movie, it's a movie that's that's you know, it's going to be some of that stuff. It's the job of the I've said this many times, but it's the job of the movies, the movie to to make your brain not think about those threads that they that you could pull at and um and this this is one of those this is a great example of a movie that just chooses not only chooses not to distract your brain from from pulling at the threads but like kind of encourages you to pull at the threads because it's just it's just come on man like what are we because they keep resetting it yeah it's not like there's some shield organization some through line throughout these where we just know okay this character's got this uniform on it means this and this is their motivate, right? right? So we keep having to try to figure out who are these people? What's their background? Are they qualified to do this? Right. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have to figure that it resets every single movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was nitpicking, yeah, all of it apart right. <laughs> because I had to learn it all again. So that's yeah. frustrating. There's no recurring characters in this other than freaking Optimus Prime, which is fine, or Bumblebee, I guess. Bumblebee, yeah. You want to call it that. But yeah, I don't know at this point why they don't just cast, put all their chips in and say, and work up to some kind of Transformers Avengers movie style movie that it's going to have Shia. It's going to have Megan Fox. It's going to have Wahlberg. It's going to have this dude. It's going to have Haley, right? Just, just do it all. Just, just go and, you know, get everybody going with the trailer one last ride and then completely reset this thing. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta Somebody let, in the uh, discord said something about like the timelines couldn't work. Dude, yeah, they're like get, one Optimus prime speech well, away from being like, this allows us to transform <laughs> to any place in time where humans need our intervention. That's yeah, all he needs to true. say. Boom. I think it might be more that you need to let the, uh, the soft canceling of Shia kind of settle in before you bring him back in the fold. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm sure that that kind of thing is coming. I just, I'm not. There again, are the I would stakes say, on this are so destroyed. Yes, totally. Like, I just don't care at all. Like, cool. Yeah. Does that can the world explode? That sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> if it's this world, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I I don't have anything invested. Right, right. Yeah, Shy is still, to his credit, the most memorable character in this entire. <laughs> series i think he's still like the marty mcfly of this franchise so you know if they wanted to come back i'm sure it would it would make more money you know just with him uh being in the trailer and that storyline continuing i'm sure people would be would be interested in that one line that stuck out to me that i have to get to get out here you'll be saving the world actually you'll be saving two worlds that was my sick And only the Transformers franchise would cast Michelle Yeoh, Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, Mm -hmm. in a role in which you don't see her, and she's the voice of a Falcon Transformer. Would have liked to, you know, this could have starred her. Yeah, would have been probably better. Cool, but they're they 
basically don't come into the movie. They're in like seven seconds. In. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's the it's the it's the Age of Extinction thing where they right. tease the dinosaurs the whole time and they're they're in it for seven seconds. And they come in in the midst of, to your point, Richard, like the plot. The the majority of this movie feels like it is written by seven people because it is. When you really bring the the beasts in, it's like, it really is like one guy wrote one scene, another guy wrote the next scene, another guy wrote the next scene. So there's like, it's they're always. It's not even that they're competing against each other. They're just all. It's so haphazardly patched together and kind of poorly edited, and so you end up feeling like, well, I don't even care anymore. Even if <laughs> even if I thought that this was. This could have been a cool part of it, and instead I'm just like, all right, let's let's move along. Let's get but out. But I of bet this. it was like one guy wrote the story, one guy wrote all the teenager dialogue, like the human dialogue. One guy wrote all the transformer dialogue because it's such a specific dialogue or language, right? One guy wrote like the, the slangy stuff, right? Probably the funny. You got to have some comedy writers in there too to get some jokes in. So yeah, it's just can we not just have one? One guy coming out of UCLA that's just like, man, love Transformers. Here's my take on it, and it's funny. Or get Lord Miller to do this or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. there we there we go. This, Somebody this needs to be yeah. some kind of. It needs to be fun. Uh, speaking of humor, got to get your thoughts. Pete Davidson as Mirage. At least I didn't have to look at him. That was a plus. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I prefer we, looking at him than. Than hearing him, I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't take him seriously as a human being. I can't. I just don't. He doesn't make you want to get Taco Bell for breakfast <laughs> or uh, Smart Water or whatever. I mean, like every freaking commercial. No, doesn't. I don't understand him as the spokesman. But maybe they're not selling to me. Yeah, it kind of hurt my soul a little bit when we left the theater and Coop was like, "Who was your favorite Transformer in that movie?" You know, which is just a classic, you know, ten-year-old question. You're like, bro. I just was trying to stay awake, you know, and you kind of like, I don't know, probably Bumblebee <laughs> or Optimus or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, Bumblebee's my favorite, but my favorite new <laughs> Transformers was Mirage. I'm just like, okay, bud, yeah, sounds good. Um, <laughs> moving along with it. You're going to have to spend actual <laughs> dollars that you earned, Brian, <laughs> on a Mirage Hasbro, what if he was, Hasbro figure. What, they are what just, if he was like, just like fist pumping in the, in the boardroom right now. Like, it worked! <laughs> What if Coop was just like, I don't know what it is about him, but he's got that BDE, you know? Mirage does. <laughs> okay, I'd respect that. that. You got to respect it. Total alpha. Yeah. Um. So I was, that was my next question. Did it work for Coop? Does it work for dumb? Not that he's dumb for a 10-year-old, but yeah. dumber than us. Ten, I do 10-year-olds like it? Yeah, I was off yesterday, so I took him and um and two of his friends to see it. And they all dug it, but I... I think that they were just as bored as I was in the middle hour. It was, they were, you know, I'm kind of looking over at them and they didn't look like they were super locked in. It helps that the movie ends on a high, like the last 30 minutes yeah. is, is, you know, actiony and, you know, pretty relatively fun as far as these things go. And so you get to leave the theater and be like, oh yeah, that was, that was a good time. The middle hour, I could tell they were, they were all kind of like, all right, let's, let's move it, move it along here. <laughs> Uh, Davidson described voicing Mirage as, quote, Jim Carrey's The Mask meets Bugs Bunny, end quote. Okay. That, that's a thing that, I mean, <laughs> all 10-year-olds that I know are, A, they are all in on The Mask, and B, they are mm-hmm. all in on Bugs Bunny at this point. Yeah. Space I would say great, you know? this character will probably go down the annals of cinematic history the way those two characters have to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like the Oscar montage, it was, it was, it'll be Casablanca, Jim Carrey spinning in the mask costume, and then straight into Mirage, yeah. fist fist bumping Optimus. I mean, I would put it just as like that character and everything about is is fine. It's far from one of the bigger sins of of this movie. It's like if you just have that exact same character. Same voice, same everything, but the script is is plucked up a little bit. What if it's voiced by Aquafina though? I'm fine with that. And we get a rap. Does that up it for you, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the yeah, it's yeah. I'm the I'm the, the, the sole voice in the in the wilderness saying that that wasn't the worst part of, of Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh yeah, we can we can have It's the worst part of my year. <laughs> 
It's been a rough year. Dozens and that was the worst kids. part. Dozens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know where we go from here, but apparently they know where they're going to go from here because the tease at the end. Spoiler alert. Okay, tease kind of works. Transformers: Rise of the Planet of the Beasts. GI Joe crossover. GI Joe. Okay. Yep. Okay. Here we go. They're insisting on that being a thing. How many times have they rebooted that? Let's okay, see. Okay, look. Six, look, seven, eight. Listen, you're right. Nine times? You're right. And I know that it's a 90% chance that, that, that that's going to be awful. Kind of worked for me. In the moment, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to do this GI Joe thing again. We're going to, we got another chance to make this right. Here's um, an idea for you, Brian. <laughs> uh huh. This will pique your interest. Current Brendan Fraser again? In this? Oh, well, obviously, but <laughs> as the whale. <laughs> Back in the makeup. <laughs> Just stumbling around. We we need his whale character in other franchises. Like he needs. I agree. I like the, the jungle I, reboot. As I the did, whale. I did not care for the movie, but I like the character. We need more of him and stuff. Um, Clerk Six you know, with the whale. You know what else? Uh, other big. Billion dollar franchise with Paramount, right? Top Gun. You know, yeah. Starscream is also a fighter jet. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Maybe Tom Tom Cruise walks into a hangar, you know, he's gonna go take it out for a ride, and then all of a sudden, what's this? A Decepticon logo in my jet? And then you got like twenty more movies there. I got another one for you. Huge Paramount franchise. Multiple properties universe blending type thing but this has its own universe sheldon <laughs> he hops young into the jet and he gets bazingaed yeah. multiple he timelines gets... of sheldon uh-huh. you can go young and middle-aged sheldon <laughs> what do you think of that kent it's paramount you Bazinga. guys ready for grades <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll grade this F minus minus minus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. Can't do it. This is not it. I saw like a 95% audience score. Yeah. Got to up our standards. We have to demand greatness. We've talked about a lot of blockbusters here. There's been some bad ones this year. This one's the worst for me by a fair stretch. And um, yeah, we need to demand better. F minus minus minus. Put my foot down. What you it's got, hardcore, Brian? Hardcore, man. It's hardcore. I'll go. I think the first thirty's fine. Last thirty's pretty solid. Uh, soundtrack was like expected, but still, like there's some decent selection in there. And the needle drops. It wasn't uh, Wu Tang. I like yeah, that. Yeah, we had some Wu Tang. We had. I think we had some some tribe called Quest. There was a little. Yeah, there's some. There's some good stuff in there. It wasn't Imagine Dragons, the 90, or I guess it wasn't Candlebox or something. Um, middle hours, really brutal. I'll, I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C. How about you, Richard? I'll split the difference. I'm going to give it a D minus. Okay. All right. There you go. Transformers, the rise of the beast. I'm sure we'll be back to talk more Transformers at some point. For now, let's hit a weekly recommend. Thomas. Weekly recommend. What you got for us this week, Richard? I have got a book for you, friends. Romans, country. Let me pull up my list here. Um, I've got. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, a, a, actually, a film book. Every once in a while, I mix one of those in. This is a cool one. It's my favorite classic, classic movie. Um, Kent, this is very up your alley. Uh, this is. I'm gonna. I don't want to mispronounce the name. It's Algine Harmitz is the author, and it's the making of Casablanca, and it's a big, nice. um, big full comprehensive make. You know, really making of that film and every everything that entailed. It had some stuff that I didn't know. I'm pretty well versed on that movie. I wouldn't say I'm classic movie guys uh, to Kent's level, but I, you know, I I know what I know, and I'm interested in a lot of different things. And uh, there was a lot of revelatory things in this. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, my week of recommend of the week. I, I liked, I, I liked it quite a bit and, uh, man, that movie's good. Nice. It is classic. Um, 
side recommend. Have you started to watch this Hundred Years of Warner Brothers series? No, I haven't. Really, I, good. I, I need to. Yeah, yeah. It's really. I've only watched the first uh, two, so I'm right up okay. to like uh, I don't know Kubrick era. Yeah, but yeah, the Casablanca stuff in there is is great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, dealt with uh, Rebel Without a Cause. The fact that they built that whole set in uh, that whole cafe, like in a soundstage, is, I know, uh, incredible. It's wild. All right. Uh, what you got, Brian? I want to recommend an album. Um, I haven't yet gotten to dig into the Human Jason Clay. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys heard this? Pretty great. Um, Hold me now. <laughs> yeah. When you're six feet from the ledge, I just want to tell you. Uh, no, the I haven't it's gotten into Isabel down. album yet, and I haven't listened to the Foo Fighters album yet. I popped into uh, Spotify last week intending to click on the Isabel album, and it served me up Rufus Wainwright's newest album, Folkocracy. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot for a few minutes before I before I start Isabel. And it's, it's so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, I know Richard's listened to it a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. It's all, love they're it. all folk songs. They're all covers. You know, a lot of them are like really old, traditional uh, folk songs and even lullabies and stuff like that. Um, there's a couple that are were, were skips for me, but f- for the most part, like he he had and he has incredible guests: Brandy Carlisle and um, uh, Andrew Bird and uh, John Legend. I mean, and yeah, yeah, John Legend. That, that song with John Legend's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Richard and I share is a hatred for David Byrne and. Mm-hmm. The David Burns song. That's a great song. My favorite on the album. It's so yeah. good. David Burns, um, greatness. You need to go on a deep dive. I'm telling you. I've done the Can't deep do dive. It. I've tried. I've tried many times. My wife was really into Talking Heads, and I'm just like, this is fine if it's in a like the background of a TV show, and I cannot stand it otherwise. Um, but uh, might be my favorite song on the album is the one that he does with with David Byrne, uh, High on Rocky Ledge. So it's great. Rufus Wainwright is great. Uh, I've been on a big. I started out this year saying I had like six or eight artists and bands that I was like, these are all, all artists or bands that I, that I would say, Oh yeah, I really like them, but that I don't know um, their whole discography and haven't really dug past, you know, their top 10 or 20 songs. Um, And I was like, that was my, was one of my resolutions was to like really dig through some of these bands and artists and, he's the only one that i've followed through on so far so great job with the resolution but uh, i've been listening to a ton of his uh his poses is such a good album man poses is incredible um he's got such a i mean it's a strange discography you find some really weird. (laughs) there's like that shakespeare sonnet yeah yeah yeah. some really strange stuff in there um but this is this is awesome i mean it might might be my favorite favorite uh album of the year might be my favorite of all of his uh his work. So uh, Rufus Wainwright, it's called Folkocracy. I think it came out at the end of April or something, maybe May. So, uh, but check that out. It's, re- it's really good. I, I fear at all into um, his voice and Baroque and, pop and, folk. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that, it's a big market, right? Um, no, he, this honestly, it might be a pretty decent entry point. If you're like, I don't know who that yeah, is, or sure. I've only heard him on the garden state soundtrack or something like that. Um, I think you get a pretty great taste of he this is the last thing I'll say. He's somebody who can sing a song that I hate. Like he did um what was the song he did for the Christmas album, Richard, a few years yeah. ago? Is it, uh, it Baby, Baby It's, it's Cold, Cold Outside? Outside? Yeah, it's so incredible. Hate that song so much. The version that he did is unbelievably yeah. good. His voice when he is goes up so a key cool. for the last oh. third of that song, you're just like, yeah. "Whoa, this love it so much." So yeah, yeah, this might be a, a decent entry point if you're at all curious about. And then he has, I don't know, forty albums that you can dig into afterwards of all, just kind of all over the place. So check wow, that out. That's buckethead level. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> you look at the Spotify and you're like, geez, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through all this. And I haven't, but there's a lot of really good stuff. And there's stuff in there that you'll be like, oh, nope. The Unfollow like, the nope, Rules, which was a me. record he yeah. did a couple years ago. was really mm-hmm. good, too. He's yeah. like having a late renaissance. Right. He's very prolific. So. The Ruf- Rufus' songs. 
Well, what's his name's Rufus. Not we enough more, dudes named Rufus. Yeah, yeah. we need Rufus more Rufuses. That's why people are that just was the realizing. Name my, this guy's name is awesome. I'm going to yeah. check him out. <laughs> um, my stepdad always gave the name Rufus at any restaurant when they asked for his name. And it always sure. made me laugh. Yeah. It's a great name. It's good. All right. Uh, I'm going to recommend, it's a little topical this week uh, for a few reasons. Went and saw it at the theater this past weekend. First time I'd seen it in the theater, but- Cormac McCarthy passed away today. Mm, yeah. yeah, sucks. And I saw No Country for Old Men on Saturday for the first time in a at a screening. Such a great movie. I don't know why in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three that there'd still be someone out there listening to the show that's not seen mm. No Country for <laughs> yeah, Old to be Men. Clear, but you've seen it before, are. but you saw. Oh yeah, I had seen years. it. <laughs> not familiar multiple times. <laughs> um, and so yeah, just on the big screen was just blown away once again i mean i had never seen it on like a great sound system mm. and i mean the violence and like the gun blasts mm. and everything in like a real theater was incredible but um for sure if you've never seen that movie or just watch it again no country for old men mm. great movie written by cormac mccarthy the book and they based it on on that a lot of the same same story so yeah r.i.p cormac thanks for the great source material. All right. There's the main feed episode. We're going to take a little break, make some coffee, and come back and talk Last Action Hero. So join us there, VIPs. And until next week, I think we're talking Pixar. Uh, I'm Kent. For Brian and Richard, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.